long as I can continue to pull enough material together for that. If you'll stand with me for the reading of the Word of God. Let me say, and Brother McNeil touched on it this morning uh, about the Super Bowl. Let, let me say, they begin to, they prepared for the Super Bowl way before Super Bowl week was coming. Actually, for 10 days, they've had Super Bowl, Super Bowl events down in Texas. So they've been pretty much living it up, partying it up, worshiping and praising their God or gods. Amen. So it's important for the church to, to understand what Brother McNeil was saying, that we as God's people praise a God who sent a son whoo, to a cross. For the sins of mankind to take all their iniquities upon him to bring forgiveness of all their sins so that they might be able to worship him. Amen. So understand that no matter what time of the service is going on, when it's in worship or praise or even uh, uh, during prayer time, if you want to come to the altar, come to the altar. Amen. If it gets too powerful up here and we need to move the service along for the guests, We'll just say, let's carry this on into the back room. You all continue to pray for the Holy Ghost. We're going to move forward. Amen. So just know uh, that uh, I want to encourage you. Do not wait for an altar call. Don't wait for an altar call. John 13, 34 through 35, I'll read, and then John 15 and 12. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Amen. So I want to title this message, Loving the Unlovable. And you may be seated. I don't know if this will be a preaching, preaching, or what, but just bear with me. So if I was to ask you for some words that describe unlovable, what words would you use to describe unlovable? Now this is where you get to participate. What would you describe as an unlovable person? Mean? Rude? Rude? You know, I haven't went to the hearing doctor yet, so if you're, going to, if you're going to say something, you might raise your hand so that I can catch that voice instead of the group. But I'm just saying, until I get my hearing aid, okay, I just, unless God heals me before then, amen, unlovable, nasty attitude, come on, some more, nasty hygiene, unapproachable. Come on, I know there's more, more out here can bring up unlovable, selfish. Who, where was that? Argumentative, okay. Woo, opinionated and judgmental. Come on, any more? People who hurt you, Sister Barnett. Disrespect. Wicked. Always something negative. Brother, uh, hold up, hold up. Uncivilized. Who said something over here? Brother Ray, did you say petty? Okay, Ashley. Abusive, negative, young man, belligerent. Sister Sutherland. Liars. Sister Arega, or uh, selfish, brother Britt, vindictive. You understand where I'm going? Is that not what what the world is today? And we, and the Bible said, and such were some of. That's not my word. That's God's word. I, I'm not lovable. Without the Lord. Are you, 
He was her first lady. She was louder than all of you. Amen. He ain't lovable without God. He needs some God. Anyway, loving the unlovable. I had unattractive, offensive, unpleasant, revolting, obnoxious, despicable, repulsive, hateful, unlovely, detestable, dislikable, uncaptivating. What words would be the opposite of unlovable and being lovable? Come on, one, raise your hand because, you know, I, my ears still don't work right. Caring, Sister Cruz. Compassionate, Brother uh, Scott. Forgiving, uh, uh, Sister Elena. Kind, Sister Marshall, did you have one? I see your hand go up or no? Okay, Sister Colleen. Long-suffering, sis. Honest, uh, Sister Barnett. Caring, uh, Liz. Humbleness, Ashley, I'm coming back to you. Loyal, altruistic, okay. Joshua, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. I have a little voice in the house, uh, Josh, respectful, very good, my baby girl, nice, any other ones over here? Yes. Loving. Trustworthy. Generous. Dependable. Jesus. Woo! Amen. Amen. That's good. Amen. And obviously without that, I could not be lovable. Amen. Here's what I put down. Attractive, engaging, lovely, uh, charming, desirable, cute, en enchanting, endearing, captivating, cuddly, lovable, adorable, likable. Definition in the dictionary says of such a nature as to attract love, deserving love, amiable, and being endearing. Amen. We have a responsibility to each other. Amen. As the church and as God's people, we have a responsibility to one, to one another. This is not a suggestion or an opinion, but it is a command. Amen. If we are followers of Jesus, then we have to love one another. Amen. Now, some of the, some of the uh, definitions that I came up with would be what, how the world views love. Okay, but the church has to understand that Christ has called and commanded us to love one another. Amen. It didn't, he didn't say love if his breath is clean. Love if, love if his personality is right. Love if he's kind and respectful, long-suffering and lovable and cuddly and cute he said love one another and that is the commandment that he has given us to do right we must love one another despite shortcomings this just this do, just doesn't mean we love those that we like amen I, I can remember school there were people i loved to be around with and people i hated to be around with and then when I got older, there were still people that I loved to be around and people I hated to be around. There will always be people we get along with better than others, amen? They're, they're on the job, I can assure you, there are people on the job that it's very difficult, but you get along. There's a reason we get along. If I don't get along, I don't get a paycheck, Right? So we, we just get along. We overlook the shortcoming of, of the job. But when we come into the house of God with our own brothers and sisters, we don't have long-suffering and overlook and pray for and love one another. Amen. Church, the church for it, the church to grow. This is the month of love. And let me tell you, husband. 
Now, I owe my wife some apologies because I haven't been faithful at showing her how much I love her, but it don't, it don't matter whether it's February, January, October. She knows I love her. I don't, now, I'm not an extravagant, I don't buy extravagant roses and things like that, but every, most of the time when we were in our own home, there was something, I would just get something small, a bouquet of flowers, nothing expensive, six ninety nine. It's the thought. It isn't in the volume and the money. It's in the thought of letting her know, honey, I love you. I want you to know I love you. Hey, hey man, I'm thinking about you. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't. You know, there is, it's very true that, that, that uh, a man is only as good as is great when he has a great wife. I believe that. And I have a great wife. I don't say that because I haven't been uh, diligent in my ways of telling her how much I love her, but it should not just be the month of February that you let your spouse, your wife know that you love her. Or your husband, or you as a wife, let your husband know you love him. Amen? The world is capitalizing on that. And then we go and buy 12 months worth of love and shove it into one day and go, this is how much I love you. Where if you took 12 months and let them know I love you every month, I appreciate you every month. Well, I'm getting back. Let me get back to the message. There will always be people that will rub you wrong, the wrong way. In life, always, it's just going to happen. Jesus doesn't just love those who like him. Even when people reject him or rejected him, when they cursed him and, and disobeyed him, at, at their most hateful and hurtful times, Jesus still loved them. Amen. Isn't that what he did for us? Amen. I don't know how many of you really go back and look. You know, some of us go, well, you know, I really wasn't a bad person. So I wasn't hard to love. I mean, really. How many has ever thought like that? Oh, y'all don't want to be transparent. Okay, thank God for some people that will be transparent. Amen? We don't believe that we were hard. It was hard for people to love us being around them. He loved us when we were not worthy of his love. We are not worthy of his love now, but he still loves us. Yet he loved us and still loves us in spite of our weaknesses and our failures. Amen? I thank God for that because, you know, I told you, if it was... If we were left up to be God, all the weaknesses in the house of God would be gone. It might not be anybody sitting in the house of God on a Sunday. Because we'd find everything that had failed, everything that didn't love me, everything that was weak, everything that did not act right, look right, talk right, and they'd be gone. But he loved us no matter what our flaws were and our failures were. If we are to love each other like he loved us, then we have no option but to love them in spite of their flaws. In spite of the fact that they got, our nerves, got on our nerves sometimes. In fact, even in spite of the fact that they will fail to meet my expectations and your expectations. In spite of the fact that they aren't even perfect. How many of us are perfect? None. Amen. God has extended his grace to all of us. The definition of grace is unmerited uh, or undeserved favor. If we are to love each other as God loved us, we also have to show grace. Many a times, grace has been bestowed on each of us. Day in and day out, we have to show people that very same favor and respect, even when it is undeserved. We are called to love the unlovable. Amen. The church, which is the body of Christ, is a place for all of us to experience unconditional love. Amen. This is the place to experience unconditional love. 
And then once we experience unconditional love, we are now to take that unconditional love that we have received and go outside the four walls and share it with someone else. And I'm not talking about in a carnal way. I'm talking about in an agape love way, in a way to show them Christ and to show them the love of Christ. Though you're not of my same nationality, I still want you to know how much I love you, sis. Amen? No matter what, I want, we need to be able to share our, our, our love with the unlovable. If we are able to go anywhere and be loved in spite of our warts and blemishes, it should be where people gather to worship the one true God. This is not a natural thing to do because the world's idea of love is to love others when they meet your approval. So sometimes we as people, not operating in God's power, will try to find how to make you love me so I can love you. Then it becomes sensual, not the way it should be in a spiritual way. Amen? And so God's idea of love is to love others because they are valuable. No matter how bad I was, I am valuable. God believes I'm va- I was valuable. Amen? So God believes that you're valuable no matter how good or bad you've ever been. Whether you ever walked away from Christ, whether you have been in the church all day, all your life, or whether you, you've only been serving for a month, whether you've been serving for 45 years, whether you've been serving for 10 years or 24 years, however how long you've been serving God, He believes you're valuable. The natural thing to do when someone is hurtful to us is to respond in kindness. or s- That's the way we should respond. But most of the time... We respond in revenge. We're not called to seek revenge, though. We respond in anger. We are only going to bring more anger and problems. How do you know? uh, 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 For my dad, I can use Bishop because he's my dad. And I can remember when we were younger, if he said, if he yelled at me, then I would yell back. And it didn't get good, it got ugly. Okay, it didn't get ugly on his side, it got ugly on my side. It wasn't a pretty sight, you know. But the bottom line was, I was trying to yell my, get my, my thoughts, my, my uh, uh, direction, and my, what I wanted him to understand, and it wasn't going to happen, because he was dad, he was the parent. Then we became, then I became married, and then that, that all became a whole nother yelling experience. BC, right? Don't get, it's all right. You want me to stop? Okay. Then it became a whole nother experience because she wanted me to hear what she had to say, and I wanted her to hear what I had to say. So it's two people just screaming. I don't know what she said, and she don't know what I said. So the law of sowing and reaping applies to communication just the same way as it applies to everything else. Sowing angry words or actions will only bring more angry words and actions in return to you. A knight, back in the 16th century, and his men returned to their castle after a long, hard day of fighting. How are we faring, the king said. Sire, replied the knight, I have been robbing and pillaging on your behalf all day, burning the towns of your enemies in the west. What, shrieked the king? I don't have any enemies in the west. Oh, said the knight, you do now. Understand that when you begin to do things that you don't know, that you don't have any clue about, things begin to happen that are not good for the king. Oh, said the the knight, you do now. Because loving the unlovable is not natural for us. We have to rely on the power of God to help us. Amen. There's been some, there's some things that my wife and I have now 
begin to rely on, and that is the Lord. Not that we've never, ever not relied on Him, but we've had, this is probably one of the largest storms that we've ever had to rely on the, the Lord for, to come through. The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. The second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as what? You're going to spit on yourself. You're going to ridicule yourself. If I don't like somebody else chastising me, how am I going to chastise myself? I'll bring it down. If I, want to, if, if I don't want to be disciplined, how am I going to discipline someone else? Understand. Now, I'm, ta- I'm talking about adults. I'm not talking about our children. I believe in dis- disciplining the children to the, where they understand respect of the authority of the adult. Because you've been given the authority to take and raise that child in the proper manner. And if the Bible had said, spare not, if he, it had not said, spare not, spare not the rod, or spare not the rod, he would have said, don't put no rod on that child. Spoil it. It'll be good and healthy. Now, you all think that I might be abusive. I'm not abusive. I don't believe in abuse. I don't believe in taking a rod. I don't believe in taking a belt uh, and totally just continuing to beat with anger. Amen? I believe that you can hit the fatty part of their rumps and their thigh, maybe. No facial. No facial smacking. I don't believe in that. Amen? That's why he gave you a bunch of meat right back here so that it could be whooped on. And I'm still alive, so whoopings don't hurt. You know, they don't kill you unless the person gets a little bit out of control. But if you don't get the first right, loving God with all your heart, then you will not be able to get to the second command. It is the love relationship we have with Jesus that will empower us to love others in the same way that he loves us. I told you, this is not going to be one of them ones where you run to the altar maybe, okay? Understand why you need to get some things right when, sir, when the power of God's moving because I'm talking about love this month. Amen? Some names in the Bible makes us think of certain characteristics or even sins. For example, Judas. What do you think about when you, when you hear Judas? Betrayal. Thomas. Good. Jezebel. Okay. We'll leave it at evil. But what about, what about uh, Shemi? Shema? He had a dead dog's disease. You remember the story of King David? The people desired a king, and eventually the Lord let them have what they wanted. The people chose who they thought had the right attributes for a king, and they chose Saul because he was a bigger, he was bigger and better than anyone else. We know that God chose David to be the king after Saul, he, and he sent Samuel to anoint him. After this, David was taken into Saul's house and became his armor bearer, and also played music to soothe Saul. Then came the uh, incident of Goliath, and Saul became very jealous of David and began to throw spears at him and tried to kill him. Eventually, David had to flee into the wilderness to escape, and Saul tried to hunt him down and kill him. And twice, David had Saul at his mercy, and twice he refused to kill or even touch Saul. One time, he cut a piece of Saul's clothing to show that he could have very easily killed him. But he didn't. Eventually Saul died. David became king. Then he had a problem with his children and his sons. Absalom tried to take the kingdom from him and very nearly succeeded. Even when his own life was threatened, David asked Joab, the captain of his army, to threat Absalom Gently, though, Joab ended up killing Absalom, and David mourned his death very much. David made some mistakes because he was a human, but basically he was try, he always tried to do what was right and proper. He refused to kill Saul because he rec- recognized that Saul was the king. Even though David himself had been chosen to be the king and was anointed, 
He chose to respect that position and that, that king. David was certainly blameless when it came to Saul's death. And even though he should have dealt with Absalom sooner, he had shown mercy on Absalom and didn't, des and didn't deserve his treachery. All of this brings us to, Sh I think it's pronounced Shemaiah or Shemai with the dead dog's disease in 2 Samuel 16, 5 and 8. And when King David came to Behirim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shemai or Shemai, and the son of Gera. He came forth and, and cursed still as he came. Verse 6 says, And he cast stones at David and all the servants of, of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And verse 7 says, And thus said Shimei, Shimei when, when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. So Shammai, or Shammai, threw rocks at David, and he helped abuse, uh, heaped abuse on him, saying that he was a worshiper of Belial, that God was punishing him for the death of Saul, and that God had taken the kingdom of David and given it to Absalom. All these things were patiently uh, false or patently false. So where does do dead dog's disease come in? 2 Samuel 16 and 9. Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Shammai was suffering from dead dog's disease. He was attacking the king the God, that God had appointed as leader with false accusations and hurtful words at a time that must have been the, the lowest of David's life. Hear me when I say, there is no matter where you are and who you're with and who, who we all are with, if we don't love each other, there are some things that are going to get messed up in our walk with God. The Bible says that we must, we can't be throwing rocks, we can't be throwing targets, darts or anything like that. We must be mindful of the things that are going on in the house of God with one another. David was no longer a young man as he was when he was on the run from Saul. Now he was older and apparently lost his kingdom. His people had turned on him. His own son was trying to kill him and take over. And at that point, the dead dog, Shemaiah, or Shemaiah, attacked. Abishai said, let me take his head. How many of us would, would have taken, Abish, said to Abishai, here's my sword? Just a question. Let me take off his head. How many of us would have taken the sword? And make sure it hurts. David didn't do that. He let Shimei throw rocks and abuse him. Later you read in 2 Samuel 16, 19, we see Shimei repenting of what he had done. And David's patience with him allowed him the opportunity to do that. David had refused to respond in anger. And what he did is a lesson to us all to love each other. One, remember you had you need mercy too I need mercy all of us have weaknesses all of us make mistakes there's not one of us that hasn't treated someone wrongly at some time first John 1 8 through 9 says if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Number two, remember that God is faithful. God has been faithful to all of us. David said when uh, 
Shimei attacked him in 2 Samuel 16, 12. It may be that the Lord will t look on mine affliction and that the Lord will require me good for his cursing this day. In the Amplified, it says, Perhaps the Lord will look on the wrong done to me by Shimei if he is acting on his own. And in that case, perhaps the Lord will this day return good to me in place of this cursing. He also wrote a psalm while running from Absalom in Psalms 3. The psalm says like this, The Lord, or Lord, how are thy, they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me, I laid me down to sleep. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. How many can say the Lord sustained you this morning? Verse 6 says, I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that have set themselves against me round about. Verse 7 says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. If I was to read it in the Amplified, it would be like this, O Lord. How my enemies have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of me, there is no help for me, no salvation for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, my honor, and the one who lifts my head. With my voice I was crying to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain, Selah. I lay down to sleep safely. I awake, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be intimidated or afraid of the 10,000 who have set themselves against me, around me. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessings be upon your people today. Number three, remember God's promises. I don't know if we always remember God's promises. If someone upsets us, Instead of focusing on that, we, we can instead focus on the many promises that the Bible that, that fill the Bible. Hebrews 13:5, "Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." Hebrews 13:5 13:5, I, I won't read it in the amplified for you, but I'll read Romans 8:28, and we know with great confidence. That God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. First Corinthians says it like this. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that it that is not common to human experience, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out of, as well so that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. Now, that doesn't say, I mean, I don't, I, I believe that if I'm in the middle of a temptational situation, he's not going to just grab me and go, no, no, no. He's just going to begin the presence of the Lord will touch me. You're moving into something, and you, you need to get back out of that, that situation. It, it's going to turn you up, mess you up, tear you down, break you down. And he's not going to grab me and say, and pull me out of it like that. I'm going to have to take and remember the, the, the power of God that's beginning to deal with me in this situation. And I'm going to have to, I may have to make the choice. Do I entertain it? Or do I not entertain it? Do I step into this? Or do I turn and run like David ran?
or I mean uh, Joshua. Joseph, thank you. I get them mixed up. Thank you for that. Do I turn and run like Joseph did? Or do I let myself be taken into that sin? Just like when God said the, cha- the season was coming, and I'm coming to a close. The Lord said the season was changing, the change is coming. But it's going to take someone to step into that season. You're not going to just, the, season, the season's here, but for that change to happen, you're going to have to do something to step into that season. So number four, you need to accept people as they are. There is a big difference between acceptance and approval. When you accept someone, it doesn't mean you are agreeing with them on everything. It doesn't mean you approve of everything they do. It means that you recognize that they are valuable in every measure of life and position. Romans 15, 7, Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. The, the, uh, uh, so we need to receive one another as Christ has received us. Amen. Don't add fuel to the fire either. I, I, I've been known to add fuel to the fire. Luke 6, 28 says, Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. And the Amplified says it like this, Bless and show kindness to those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I want you to hear what bless is. Bless. Here is the Greek word. Eulegio. Eulegio. Where, where we get our word eulogy. Okay? It means to speak well of a person or invoke a blessing. It goes back to the old saying that if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Amen? Sometimes it's not easy to, to follow that. But the Word of God said that if, if I'll go to the Scripture, bless and show kindness to those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, the word bless is eulogy. Speak blessings over them. Invoke blessings over them. Sometimes it may not be possible to live at peace with someone who doesn't like you or you don't have a good relationship with. But we are not responsible for what they say or do, but we are responsible for what we do. Amen. So uh, regardless whether I'm liked, whether I'm loved, whether I'm appreciated, whether, you know, I mean, there's always going to be someone that think they can do the job better. In all positions. Whether I'm the greatest leader or not, the Bible says to love me as I am. This is a month of love. Now, you know, I didn't talk on husbands and wives, I didn't talk about children, I talked about love, but it can go along in the home too. Amen. I wasn't the best child, but they loved me. I wasn't the best behaved child, but they loved me. I lied, but they loved me. Like Christ loved me. Amen. We're going to find in the church, there's many different personalities coming together in the church. Different personalities, different makeups. And, and this is not to be disrespect, disrespectful, but we have young and we have the older generation. And each generation has kind of changed some things. They've, they've, they've either stopped some of the things that we were raised with as a parent or being a, being a child to a parent. Respect. Respect didn't matter who you were as for, for me as a child. It didn't matter who you were. You could have been a sinner. <laughs> Whatever you said, I better, better line it up. It's a different day and age, and I know that, church. I know that. 
I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that we got to change the word, but I can tell you one thing. we got to obey the word. Amen. Amen. If I'm going to obey the word, I've got to love one another with, every, with my mind, body, and soul. I've got to operate. And, and, and because we are all have our own ways and we have our own different makeup, we're going we're gonna to do things that maybe don't make me feel so good. I'm using myself right now because I don't want no one to think I'm talking about you, but just for me, since I am the pastor and the shepherd, there are going to be some things that someone's going to do that's just not going to make me happy. I mean, let's face it, before Christ, mom and dad in the church always did things I didn't like. I'm glad somebody can amen me, and that's right. Because when I was in the dark and the light of the church and the love of the church, that darkness and that evil did not want the love. So as soon as some Christian would come up to me and want to hug me and say, man, where you been? I, I want to give you a Bible study or I want to do this. I didn't want to hear all that. I'd run the other way. Bishop sent a man to my house. His name was Brother Pretty. Sent him to my house to teach me a Bible study. That man had so much love, and I had so much hate. I tried to, I tried to fight every word in that Bible study. I pushed against it. I kicked against it. I denied it. I said, you, what about this? What about that? He sat there with patience, kindness. I didn't deserve the love. I'd have closed my Bible up. I'd have said, well, Alan Reynolds, you're not going to talk to me that way. I'm trying to share the gospel with you. I refuse to waste my time on someone with so much hate and so much anger I'm leaving I won't be back find your own way to heaven but he sat there he came back every week I'd be oh okay turn the heat up even hotter because I wasn't I was a devil but God had mercy God had mercy. Mercy that I did not deserve. Mercy that I deserved the pits of hell. Just telling you. Somebody take the time out of their day to come share the gospel with me. And I put them through that. I deserved my judgment. I didn't deserve any mercy. I didn't deserve any grace. I didn't deserve any long-suffering. I didn't deserve his love. But God had made that man so patient to come into my home and share the Word of God with me. 24, that was longer than that. That was like 30-some years ago. But, but God has, you know, look what God has done. I don't say that to, to brag about myself because without God, I wouldn't be who I am today. Because it's not in my nature to love anyone. That's why the wife, my wife spoke up very quickly and said, if it wasn't for Jesus, when I said, if it wasn't for Jesus, amen, she said, because without the Lord in my life, I would not be who I am today. You know why I live so close to him? It's because I know what the old man is. I want the old man to stay crucified and buried. I don't want him to come back alive. I don't want him to be woke back up. Loving the unlovable. So don't add fuel to the fire. Try to do what you can to reconcile and pray for them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's one of the greatest one of the things that stands out in my life is when Jesus, after being nailed to a cross, 
stabbed in his side with a crown of thorns put on his head. Looked up to heaven and one more time asked the Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How much love is that? He'd done been beat, beaten, ridiculed, embarrassed, made to carry his cross till he couldn't carry it no more because he was so weak. Nailed to it. And he said, Father, forgive them. Luke 6.35 says, but love your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and you shall be the children of the highest. In the Amplified, it says like this, but love that is unselfishly. Seek the best for higher good for your enemies. And do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. For your reward will be great, rich, abundant, and you will be sons of the Most High because, because He Himself is kind and gracious and good to the ungrateful and the wicked. If you'll stand with me. I'm not saying we won't have an altar call. I'm just saying that when I'm this series that I'm going to teach on, you may want to, while the service is flowing with the Holy Ghost, move towards the altar. But every head bowed. Because I am going to open the altar up one more time. I know it's one o'clock. Plenty of time before the game gets started. I want to encourage you. God, it wasn't something I just thought of to talk about love and love the unlovable. Because in all actuality, we're all unlovable. But Christ had love for us. And just as he had mercy on us, we have to have mercy on others. Amen. And I have been in a test. Many a test, actually, but the very last test has been a test to find out, am I still a man of compassion? Am I still a man of forgiveness? Am I still someone that can still love souls and want to help souls? I was not almost, I almost was unable to pass that test. Let the Lord begin to deal. with my spirit. And no matter what, God's going to get all the glory. No matter what, God will get the glory. I'm not angry. I'm at peace. I've invited them back to church. Couldn't do that three weeks ago. I said, we're not ostracizing you. We're not. We're not rejecting you. We want you to come. I want you back. I I want God to have favor on you. I want God to, I, I want things to work out in your life. And I said, the grace and mercy that God has bestowed on my life, I want you to know that only by Him I'm able to say what I'm saying to you right now. It's His plan, yeah. Understand, loving the unlovable, even when they talk bad about you, it's They talk bad about Jesus, his own people. And he still loved them. So without continuing cloudy in the water, if I'm cloud in the water, I don't know if I'm cloud in the water. But listen, church, 
All I'm saying is we got to love the unlovable. That could be our children. It could be our husband. It could be our wife. It could be a, a sister in the church, a brother in the church. It could be our neighbor next door. It could be someone on the job. It could be someone on the subway. It could be someone, some traffic cop. You know, it could be, it could be, it can be anyone that we must be able to love and show the love of Christ. I'm going to open the altar up for everyone. If you want to come, come. We will pray with you. Maybe you just want to pray by yourself. Pray by yourself. But I'm telling you, God is asking us to have love every day of the week, every month. I know that February is the month of love. But today, God is asking us to love the unlovable. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The altar's open. Maybe you don't feel like you have any, uh, have not had to deal with those kind of issues. I have, as just as recently as these past three weeks. And as, we're, as long as we're human and have not been gifted our halo and our wings, we will all deal with having issues with loving unlovable people. It's the nature of life. Amen. Yes, Lord. 